and welcome back to Kidman Talk. This is Carl Bastian, your host, coming to you from Kidology.org. And this is podcast number 92. Yeah, we are quickly coming up on the 100th podcast. Well, today I've got something special for you. This week was INCM's Web Week. You know them. They're the creators of the awesome Children's Pastors Conference, but not everybody can get to the conference. And so every year they provide something called Web Week, where you can hear the general sessions from CPC as well as other live workshops. And uh, I was honored to be a part of that. I did a preschool workshop. And then yesterday I spent lunchtime just chatting with Matt Guevara, their executive director director. We talked about Vacation Bible School. We talked about getting outside the walls of our church and doing creative summer ministry. We talked about addressing the the trends, how reaching today's kids and today's families are different. It was a lot of fun. Many folks joined it live, but not everybody could. And so Matt graciously gave me permission to share this conversation today on the podcast. So sit back, relax, grab a, a drink maybe, or just listen in the background while you're busy doing your Kidman ministry as we talk VBS here on today's Kidman Talk. All right, guys, welcome to a very special uh, chat with our partner and uh, amazing friend to INCM, Carl Bastian. We're just going to be hanging out, uh, continuing conversation around VBS and technology. And I am so glad that, that you joined us. If you're just hanging out um, today and just you know having some fun, maybe you're eating lunch or maybe it's early or late where you are, uh, no matter uh, we're just going to have some fun here over the next 30, 45 minutes and uh, be talking about Vacation Bible School and technology. And, of course, I'm joined by uh, the kidologist uh, and and our good friend Carl Bastian. How you doing, Carl? I'm doing great. Glad, glad, great. Great to be here with you. Get the hang awesome. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. And let me encourage those of you who are watching this live uh, to be using the chat box. So if you have questions for us as it relates to VBS or, or technology or things that, that you've come across, you have specific questions, go ahead and type those uh, into the chat. We're just going to have some fun here over the next 30, 45 minutes um, and learn from one another and talk about some, some key uh, topics. Uh, Carl, I know you've, you've spent, you know, many years in the church. You're serving kids in a variety of forms. And uh, you and I have had this conversation before that today's kids are a little different, you know, than certainly the way you or I grew up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that means ministry uh, may have to make some changes. And so before we kind of get into, you know, maybe some nuts and bolts, type type things or specific ideas. I'd like to talk about that, ask you that kind of open-ended question. Where do you see today's kids and how do you see um, ministry to kids needing to change? Wow, that's a great question. And um, I should have had you email them all to me ahead of time. But, uh, you know, <laughs> ministry today is different. You know, it used to be the kids of divorce were the kids you saw every other week. Yeah. And so you might try to adapt where you have a memory verse for the month instead of a new memory verse every week to be sense of those kids. But, you know, the studies today are showing that the, um, the trend is to attend church once or twice a month, but it's not necessarily 
um, kids a divorce anymore. Um, our culture is busy. Our families are being pulled in a lot of directions, good directions. We could argue all day till we're blue in the face that church ought to be a priority and they ought to be there every week. And, um, and yet, um, yeah, that's not realistic um, because it just isn't the way it is. Um, uh, you know, I was a pastor full-time in ministry from the time I graduated Bible college for over 20 years. And then in 2006, I took a break and went full-time with Kidology. And it was very fascinating switching to being a dad now. And uh, church shopping was really a strange experience for us as a family because, like, we'd never church shopped. We had job shopped. <laughs> but, you know, what? once I was hired at a church, you know, I, my job was to be there every week. And so I remember, you know, even being a little judgmental. Uh, and I hate that word. It's the harshest way to say it. But just of families that weren't faithful or weren't, you know, in my view, committed. But then becoming, I guess I'll never be normal, but a somewhat normal um, just dad, head of household, you know, I began to see another side. And I, I think I softened a little bit because, you know, there were times when uh, we got back late on Saturday night from vacation and was like, you know what, I, I want to go to church, but you know what, that's not necessarily what's best for my family, you know, or people weren't feeling when it wasn't my job to be there. There were times where I felt that guilt and I'm like, how much of that's the legalism, you know, of church and how much of that's just life and kind of coming to a place where, yes, we're committed to church. We're faithful. I, I'll go alone if my wife and kid are sick and I'll still serve and uh, be a good volunteer. Uh, but at the same time, I've, I've realized that, you know, it isn't realistic for families to be there every week. And so that we have to adapt to that. And I think it is important to have themes that go over a month and challenges and things so that kids don't feel like they missed um, uh, half of it. Um, but it's also that um, in reaching the lost, when people got spiritually interested, they would go to church. Well, church is not at the top of people's, uh, our cultural list. I mean, we used to talk about reaching the unchurched child. Um, well, now it's, I think our goal is, you know, how do we reach an unchurched culture? You know, it isn't that the, the Barney Five Days where everybody has the house and the picket fence and goes to church on Sunday. Um, and so getting outside of the walls and finding out how to meet needs um, is a big challenge. And um, there's no end to ideas uh, from a tutoring program to an after school program to a ministry outreach. Um, and I'd love to share a little bit what, how we redid VBS. Um, but the answer isn't, you know, a program or even what somebody else did. It's really wrestling with that with God and saying, God, how do I reach my community and how do I reach the people here? Because the 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 need and the reasons are universal, but the the solutions and the application is is as unique as your church. And um and so you know often when people have success, you know, I was in the town of Willow Creek. Um, I, my little church was called Village Church, and we were a big church, almost a thousand. Um, but of course, compared to Willow Creek, you know, uh, we we were little. So a lot of people got saved there, and uh, and then ended up coming to our church because we wanted a smaller church. But the uh, the uh, being in that community, everybody thought, well, you should do church the way Willow Creek does. And a lot of people that did that, it didn't work. Then they blamed Willow Creek <laughs> instead of realizing, no, it works for them. But you have to find what what works for you. Yeah, that's a that, that's a great point. You know, we got to be faithful to the things that God calls us uniquely to. Yeah, and you know that I think you hit on a critical change, a critical uh, change in trend 
for you know children's pastors and leaders and and churches you know who are dealing with this everywhere and Allison po- pointed to this as well um, parents and families are overextended and are booked from a schedule standpoint yeah so when it comes to you know I think sports might have been maybe it what was the dominant thing you know maybe in the last five years you know or so. But I'm even seeing at our church, it's not just sports; it's just additional activities. Yeah. So you're, it, it's, it's not. I have someone in softball, and they're in travel softball. My my oldest daughter's a uh, loves softball; is a big softball player. But they also do theater, and there's there's theater stuff and oh, rehearsals, yeah. and and I think you're absolutely right. It, it was it was you hit the nail on the head when it comes to our culture. This is an unchurched culture. Especially as it relates to Sunday, used to be a sacred day. You- yeah. Well, you know, Chariots of Fire was the big movie when we were young, and you know, we just we admired someone who wouldn't compete on Sunday. Yes. That movie probably wouldn't succeed today because right. we would say that's legalist. Right. And you know, if you have a chance to be in the Olympics and share your testimony and give glory to Jesus when you win the race, you know, I'm in Tim Tebow, former territory, you know, where he did the the, the Tebowing and all that. Um, and so, you know, I wouldn't tell a family, no, your kid shouldn't be in the championship, but should they sign up for something where there's games every Sunday for three months? You know, that's, that's the dilemma. You know, one of the things I love about CPC is that, um, and I made this commitment years ago and I always challenge people, um, to go into every single booth, even if it's brief, hear their story, because walking by, we tend to judge a booth by its, uh, decor, just like we'll judge a book by its cover. And uh, I remember years ago, I stopped into the booth uh, for Uncharted Waters, which I thought was a missions organization, and it's a sports camp. And my first thought was, you know, we're not going to do sports camp, but I'll hear his, his pitch, you know. And uh, the more I listened, the more I realized this was back, man, probably 2002, 2003. It dawned on me that, man, I've got to change my program. VBS appeals to Christian families, and the kids may bring an unsafe friend. But we didn't see any unsafe families just coming because of the the flyer or the banner in the front of the church. But our sports camp, uh, we packed it out. And we did cheerleading as well and soccer. And uh, we did something kind of cool. Um, whatever the price was per kid, and I'm making up numbers I don't remember, but say it was $40 a kid. We doubled the price to 80 and said, um, your friend is free. So basically, our families paid for their friend, and they had to come as a pair. And, of course, we had some church families team up, um, and that was okay. We didn't police it, but the whole idea was you come with a friend. You you pay the fee, and your friend comes free. And we had so many um, kids come that would never come to the VBS with the crafts and the pit and the, and the worship and the Bible stories and all that. And um, And yet we saw so many kids come to Christ. Um, and that was kind of my first step as a children's pastor of thinking outside the box and going, okay, what will bring unchurched kids into a church? And it may not be what's my favorite thing to do because I'm not a sports guy. So, you know, my initial reaction to sports camp was, well, I don't like sports. I mean, I'm not a big, I mean, now I moved, now I'm in Denver. The Broncos have kind of turned me into a sports guy. My wife wants to know what aliens took her husband and brought me in. Cause now I'm, now I'm following football, but um Although we had a painful year this year, but yeah, there's we need variety, and when we need to ask those hard questions, what we're and maybe even try something that personally we're not, it's not natural to us, 
Um, but we may find that it surprises us in how well it works. That's, that's really incredible. And I, and I want to highlight what, what you just said, which is we may need to try some things that are, that put us outside of our comfort zone because that's what might reach people who are not, who are not currently reaching. And I think, you know, for every person who works with kids and families, you have to examine, uh, is the way you are doing ministry, um, specifically the things you are doing in ministry, just because you're comfortable with doing them. Yeah. And, well, and I'm used to being, yeah. especially in my younger years, I'm used to kind of it revolving around me, not in a egotistical way, but a practical way as the leader. I love being in front of the kids. I love teaching. And the sports camp, I was like, okay, I'm going to walk around and I'm going to be relational but I can't teach sports if, if we want to have good athletes. And so um, it be it was incredibly easy to recruit, though, and how many men I had um, volunteer because I said, well, you come teach a kid how to shoot hoops, you know, or kick a ball. And um, and so that, that pleasantly surprised me. I had an easier time recruiting for a sports camp. Um, and dads were bringing – we needed basketball hoops, and they were bringing, getting pickup trucks and bringing their – portable hoops. And, uh, and it was amazing. Can I, can I share something else kind of crazy that we did? Um, I know it's VBS day. Well, uh, everybody probably has read or should have read Barna's book, uh, transforming children into spiritual champions. It's the, the worst title of a book ever. It's like a mile long. Um, but it's a fabulous book. And, uh, I got to go to the first, um, time he announced that book, our pastors, a whole staff went to a a Barna seminar and the book was not out. We, uh, we got a pre-release um, paperback copy of, Hey, this is coming. And uh, it was a really cool experience because the first workshop was on the disintegrating and changing worldview. The second workshop was on children's ministry. And then he had two or three more that day. Well, at the beginning of the children's ministry session, session two, uh, I'll never forget this. Barna walked up to the podium and he just stood there and he didn't say a word. And it got a little awkward. And finally, uh, as the room got silent, wondering why he wasn't speaking, he said, I'd like all you senior pastors to put away your sermon prep. And then he just got silent again. And then he said, I'm serious. Put it away. And then there was this rustle of papers throughout the entire room. And I got chills down my back. And then he was angry. He said, I got to start out by saying I'm a little ticked off at you. He said, uh, I've had pastors ask if they could have a 20% refund because they don't want to pay for the children's ministry seminar because they don't need it. He said, I've asked, I've been asked hundreds of times to move it to the end of the day so they could leave early. And then he said, the reason this session is second is because the first session was on the problem. And now we're going to talk about the solution and the solution is children's ministry. And I'm sitting there going, yes, you know. And, um, and so he unpacked it and I don't need to explain all that because our viewers know all that. But when we got back to the church, I was kind of curious because my ministry had really gotten puffed up and I, I thought, okay, they're going to try and knock me down or push back a little bit. And my youth pastor came to me about a week later and he said, Hey, Carl, I've really been thinking about what Barna shared. And he said, this isn't a youth ministry versus children's ministry, but he said, I do want to offer you a challenge with a question. And he did this in a very godly way, and uh, I really appreciated his premise. But he said, in the youth ministry, we're reaching a lot of unchurched teenagers. 
whose parents don't come to church and they're getting saved and they're getting discipled. And, and, uh, Jim led a great high school, junior high ministry. So, um, you know, props to him. And he said, uh, I can give you a list of the names of the teenagers that we have led to Christ in the last 12 months who are not from a Christian home. And he said, and this is what I want to say hesitantly. He said, I know children's ministry leads a lot of kids to Christ, but my, my, my question is, are they all in Christian homes? He said, where they would have accepted Christ anyway. And you're kind of putting feathers in your cap for kids that would have been saved anyway. And he was very careful to say that, you know, you know, not to minimize, you know, we still celebrate them. And he said, but do you, can you give me a list of names of kids who your ministries led to Christ who otherwise would not have come to Christ? And I thought it was a very important and valid and fair question. So I said, well, let me get back to you. And uh, so I went to my children's ministry team and I said, here's the challenge Jim has given us. Can, can you give me some names of kids that have come to Christ that are not in, from a Christian home over the last 12 months? And we couldn't think of anybody. And so we, we said, well, if we want to say we have the ripest field, how, how are we going to do this? And so um, to jump ahead, our, we decided to do something called Backyard Bible Blasts. We didn't use any curriculum. We asked parents to loan us their front yard or backyard, and we'll bring the program. I did gospel magic, um, and you know we brought teenagers to lead games, and we brought the tents and the jumping thing. And we basically said to parents, your job is to invite your neighbors and uh, pass out flyers, provide refreshments, and give us your yard and let the kids use the restroom. We'll do all the rest. We did those all summer. And um, and it was funny because people wanted to know where they were at our church, and we wouldn't publish it because this isn't VBS at the Johnson's house. We The Johnson's don't want 80 church kids coming. That You can only come if Mrs. Johnson invites you. Now, we didn't police it if she asked another mom, hey, will you come do this with me and your kids are welcome? That's fine. But it what but that was the only way you would know when these were. And we we reached over 500 kids that summer. Um and and they were almost entirely unchurched. Some maybe came from a Catholic church whatever. And then some people might disagree with this, but I didn't share the gospel. We shared biblical principles and godly truth. And we were building a relationship. And the reason I didn't share the gospel is I thought if my kid went to a neighbor's house thinking it's a fun thing and he came home and said, hey, dad, I'm a Jehovah's Witness or dad, I'm Muslim, I'd be irate, right? I would feel betrayed and tricked. And I didn't. And so that's fair in reverse. So I didn't want any kid to go home saying, hey, I prayed to receive Jesus and go, what? I thought you were just at the Johnson's house because now the Johnson's are going to be the enemy of the neighbor. But what we did do is invite them all to a kids' crusade at our church in the fall. And we took out all the stops, and we did a great theme. I'm not going to share any of that because it's irrelevant. But they came. But in our church building, we're unabashedly going to share the gospel. And we had 96 kids come to Christ that fall. And I it wasn't 100. I was so frustrated. But I, that was our goal. But I went back to Pastor Jim, and I was able to actually lay down, you know, uh, the list of names and phone numbers of children from unchurched families that we led to Christ. So the next year I was at Costco one day and I have a philosophy. Um, this is a rabbit trail. I have a philosophy of you should buy whatever kids' parents would never let them buy. Um, and you should have the toys. Like you should have the Sphero. No parent's going to spend a hundred bucks on a remote control ball. But if you have a Sphero, you're cool. 
you know, whatever it is, things like that. Um, well, we're at Costco and there's this inflatable slide, 12 feet tall, has cannons. And my first thought was, who would buy that? It's expensive. It's, it's huge. It'll ruin your grass. And then it hit me. We're going to buy that for the church. So the next summer, we did backyard Bible splashes instead of backyard Bible bat blasts. And we basically, we made pictures. I said, I'm going to bring this to your house for one day. Kids are going to play water games. They're going to play on this thing. We gave it away at the end of the summer through a raffle because I had no place to store it at church. And, um, and so that year was the same thing. And again, we had an outreach in the fall and kids got saved. And um, I did, never did it again because after that year was when I went full-time with Kidology. But the, but the, the impact of that was powerful. Um, it equipped families to reach their neighbors. We had unsaved kids, you know, coming to coming to Christ, uh, and once they transitioned into the church, because most people never heard of a kids pastor, and they they have a stereotype of a preacher. Well, now Mrs. Johnson can go to the neighbors and say, "Hey, we're having this VBS or sports camp or something," and now they they've met Pastor Carl. They found out he's not weird; he's just a fun guy. The kids loved him. And it made it built a relational bridge um, because we basically took church to their house and they got to get a taste of our children's ministry. And uh, the, I have a link here. I'm going to put it in here. I have like a top secret link. It's it's a hidden on my blog. It's kidologist.com slash BBB, which stands for Backyard Bible Blast. And that's a page I'd actually had just put up for our church. Um, and it's just pictures um from the backyard Bible blast. So you'll see in the water one, you'll see my water nader outfit um, where I looked like I was kind of looks like from back to the future when he played the the music to uh, uh, George McFly. Was it George McFly? Um, anyway, I've got the chemical suit on and the water guns and I did water fights with the kids. Um, and it was a blast. And That's it awesome. You know what, Carl, I want, I want to make sure that I get this question in. Um, sure. Christine asked, if, did you have the same team all summer to go in and help you with those? Or did the were teams varied as you went, you know, around? To- you know, I, um, the host would develop the team for their event. Okay. And then I had a, a team that brought the program. And that did vary because of vacations and things. But sure. it was just a, really two or three adults and a bunch of teenagers. And they we did some training with them on appropriate play and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was pretty easy. In fact, right now, um, isn't Josh Denhart speaking at this webinar or he did a general session? I saw his yeah, picture. He's going to be, uh, up next, I believe at one o'clock. Oh, awesome. Well, at, if you have a Q and a, ask him how to get his free download. He just offered last week. He did a very similar thing and we got a church to loan us a car and a horse trailer and we just threw it all in there. Josh did this custom van. And he has all these pictures of stacking games. I mean, you know, he's a chemist. So, I mean, he took, I saw what he did and I was like, oh, where was this PDF, you know, 15 years ago when I needed it? So, uh, and he's giving it away free and it's really the details. In fact, I downloaded it and I sent it to the church I'm uh, involved in now as a volunteer. Um, I sent to our children's ministry leader and said, I'll run this if you want to do this this summer because we're a church plant. And I'm excited. I'm hoping they'll 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 get on board and want to do it because I think what a great way for a church plant, because we don't even have a building, to uh, get out in the neighborhoods this summer and then invite people to come to church on Sunday. So uh, Josh Josh has like immaculate details 
on how to put together your vehicle and stuff. That's awesome. Josh is one of our, one of our, uh, good friends, uh, at INCM yeah. and he was, uh, will be part of, you know, INCM web week, uh, cool. as well. Um, Carl, I know I want to highlight for everybody who is watching us live, if you do have questions that came up as we're talking about the splash or the, or the backyard Bible. Yeah, class, absolutely. Uh, please ask that in, in the chat. Um, while we're waiting, and if I for- miss it, just have them go to our um, Canology Facebook group, and um, I can put that link in there and yeah. just join the group and just just um, just ask it right Excellent. there, and I, I can I can pull that link pretty quick. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I did want to want to mention is we're talking about thinking kind of outside of the VBS box in ways to reach more kids. One of the things that our our church did, we had been a longtime VBS uh, church. We did you know, kind of your typical half day uh, VBS in the summer for a week. And then we did another week that was for early childhood. Uh, We did charge, you know, for that. I know that's kind of dependent upon where you're at, where you're, your city and your your community. Uh, But then we made a big change. And I would say, you know, we were doing great. You know, uh, the the VBS program was awesome. Um, We had all, all, all of the, the metrics were good, you know, related to it. But we looked and we said, we think we could reach more people, um, especially our community in better ways. And if we stopped and, and we considered uh, a backyard Bible club, in fact, um, one of our campuses did that uh, for a summer, but the campus that I was part of at the, at the time, um, started doing a summer day camp. So they extended, you know, wow. full on day camp. They did, I think they started in the first year, they did eight weeks. And uh, one of the things that they saw happen was that it seemed like most of the kids who were coming for that day camp were not affiliated with any church. They weren't affiliated with, with our church. They just, they, their parents, you know, I mean, you, you guys know, for those of you, um, you know, who are working in church or in, yeah. in life of your own family, parents during the summer are looking for a place for their kids, you know, for especially if both mom and dad work, which is pretty common. And so everybody's trying to answer that question. And we Yeah, and there's now, you know, sports camps, there's several mega camp I know is at CPC oh, yeah. and Chartered Waters. Yeah. There's a new one now. I think we discovered them at CPC as well called Kidshine that is a drama camp. Yeah. And then um, one of my good friends, Stanley Mears, he actually took the dramas out of Josh's science VBS and did a drama camp oh, just using cool. the dramas from them. So, you know, being creative is the key. And I also always want to be clear. I'm not anti VBS. Um, we took a strategic break the first year to do backyard Bible blast, but of course VBS has its benefits. To me, the number one benefit is, is significant spiritual memories for kids. Yeah. You create these memory anchors that will last them their lifetime. They'll talk as an adult about that year at church when there was a giant pirate ship, you know, in the gymnasium. And so we actually came back with VBS the next year and we did VBS and the backyard Bible splashes, oh, great um, idea. but we also changed it up. One year we did groups evening VBS though. I think they had a, a Nazareth Bible times one and VBS and, that, and we actually required the parents to attend with the kids. And um, if it was not drop off and we said, now, if you want to, you know, if the, if the Guevara's want to say to the bastions, Hey, we can't go. Can you take our kids? That was fine, but we didn't set up small groups. We had more adult to kid ratio than ever, huh. and we had all these dads because they were available in the evenings. 
And so it's not a matter of VBS is bad. VBS can be awesome. It's a matter of what works in your church and, um, and going, you know, do we do it in the evening? Do we do the sports camps, you know, and you try things, you learn from it, you try something different. Um, and then you'll land on what works in your church by the results. You evaluate the results. And that's one thing that too many leaders don't do. They just do it because they've always done it or their boss asked them to do it. Um, and I had to challenge my pastor. VBS was in my job description. And uh, But our new church mission was equipping believers to impact their world. So I just went to my boss and I said, hey, I am so on board with your new mission for our church to equip believers to impact the world. And so what I want to do is I want to equip our families to host these. So I, I pitched it, not as something I wanted to do, but something I want to do in response to what he was challenging the church to do. And so sometimes you've got to reframe you know, and, um, and so, you know, I didn't do part of my job description, which was VBS. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you were able to re like you said, reframe that to yeah. fit with the vision and mission. Yeah. So I think that's, that's another critical piece, you know, for us who are serving in church. Well, then you get the pastor from the pulpit saying, I want you hosting one of these this summer. Yeah, that's awesome. You claim to love the Lord and have a passion for the lost and you've got a big yard Turn that yard into a church. I mean, the yeah, church was started that. as house churches. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and Christine mentioned, you know, she's doing what you've, you know, kind of highlighted and underscored, which is uh, at their church they do a morning and evening VBS. It's the same thing, but it caters to different wow. family needs. So she's trying that's to think awesome. through how can I best serve. That's going the extra mile. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And well done, you know, to have to double up. <laughs> the day, you know, the morning and evening. I mean, you're living VBS, uh, Christine. So, so job well done. I, I was going to say um, this is actually something new, so I don't know how well uh, it will turn out. But by way of thinking outside of the box um, uh, for yeah. VBS, we our our church this summer is actually investing in um, in some of the things you were talking about to get like a trailer and then a big grill. Um, and then some jumpies and that kind of thing, and is encouraging encouraging our church family to host block parties so for their yeah. for their neighborhood uh, to come, and um, you know I'm, our family is going to be one of those families that does that. Hey, what day I'll be there? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll I'll be cooking up some some hot dogs and hamburgers. Uh, so this is that this is just one of those things we got to think. How can we? How can we think differently? You know, how can we, uh, in order to reach people, you know, today in our in our communities? Yeah. I'd say my where, where I live in in you know northern Illinois, um, in a our, our neighborhood has plenty of people who are walking around. There's a bunch of kids in that neighborhood, but as we moved in, we kind of heard as we're you know people are asking, "Hey, what do you do?" or "What are you involved in?" You know, as you kind of get to know your yeah. There's pretty much a solid. Yeah, like, hey, you know, as soon as they find out I have anything to do with ministry and they, and they somehow get there, even though, you know, I try yeah. to make it seem like I'm a regular guy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. You know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. But they, eventually they say, well, you know, I, I don't really go to church. I'm, I'm not interested in that. Please, please, please don't ask me, you know. And so, OK, but, you know, we, we host a chili cook off or we host something like that. And that's an easy invite, you know, yeah. and and like you're saying, and not a bait and switch thing where all of a sudden, you know. It's yeah, it, it, it's breaking down the barriers so that they start to realize that their stereotypical 
image based on media and comedies or, unfortunately, other Christians that they have met. It's not always an unfair uh, stereotype. Um, but nevertheless, we have to we have to redefine that. Um, and it can be really fun to do. Now, I, I do birthday parties. Now, obviously, not everyone's a magician, but I will do free birthday parties for any kid in my church. And the reason I, I will do that, if from a business point of view, I'm going to meet other kids. I'll get some other birthday parties. So I'll acknowledge the, the marketing aspect. But there's also a ministry aspect because the moms stand around and they go, that's your kid's pastor, you know, and say, yeah, he does stuff like this every Sunday at church, you know. And so and I'm getting to meet eight to ten of one of my church kids friends, you know, and so the next time they invite them to church for a, we took speed stacks and we do, they have a stack up every fall um, where mil, like, I think they're getting close to a million kids a year stacking on the same day. Um, I've got a video on my YouTube channel about that. Um, that's a great event. I did sports stacking clinics. In fact, this first summer I did that. Um, it was just because kids church was ending. We take the summer off and I was like, man, how am I going to relate to the kids? So I decided to do sports stacking clinics and my intention was not outreach. I was totally focused on relational ministry, a chance to play with the kids, no devotions. I'd always open in prayer. And we ended up having over 80 to 90 kids over the summer start coming to these stacking clinics because they the sports stacking was hot. And um, they did it at school for six weeks, and then they never got to do it again. And so I ended up having to do a fundraiser uh, where the kids can buy cups, and then the church makes some money off it. And... Um, and I was laughing in the summer. I was like, I never even planned to do a, a cup stacking outreach, but I reached more kids through cup stacking that summer than I had through any other outreach. <laughs> and that's when I worked with Awana and uh, helped them develop an Awana sports stacking kit um, because I then incorporated sports stacking into our Awana game time. And then kids wanted to come to Awana to stack cups and then Awana heard about it. And now, now Awana, you can go to Awana.org slash sports stacking. And um, I'm in the videos teaching how to stack cups. It's a silly thing. Um, but again, it's going, what are kids into? And you might go stacking cups. I know nothing about that. You might surprise you if you tried a sports stacking thing this summer that it goes on fire. And it might flop. So I don't know. It might be a Pokemon cards. It might be, uh, I've done yo-yo days. I've done paper airplane days. You know, it's, uh, we did a preschool VBS. Um, There's one church here in Denver that does a great job, Pastor Craig Wilson. Uh, He'd be a great CPC speaker. Um, But if you go to, here, I'll just type it in. If you go to kidology.org slash DIY, because he doesn't, can't talk and spell because he doesn't publish his stuff. He throws together these do-it-yourself kits, and he basically says, "Here's our schedule. Here's our logos. Here's what we did. Um, you got to you have to unpack it and grow and do it yourself." But he's done a Lego one and a a uh, glow-in-the-dark one, and there's a third one. It's escaping me at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's a matter of going what will reach our community, um, and it's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I want to, uh, before we kind of close, I want to 
get to something that Rebecca um, has said, and that is, she goes, my, my mind is spinning. Sometimes I feel the we is I. I have people bought in, but this feels daunting. Carl, as someone who has walked the road yeah. in, a, in a number of different environments, sure. with a number of different senior leaders and teams on your yeah, road. Yeah, don't do it if it's an I do it. Um, how can how can Rebecca move from the place of this feels daunting yeah. to you know forward? You know, you start praying about it, and, and and we say that sometimes as a given, but it's for real. You start praying about it. God, give me a vision for a creative way to reach kids in the neighborhood, and then you start talking to people about it. Two th- summer of two thousand seventeen, maybe too soon. It may be too summer of two thousand eighteen, and you start telling people, hey. Uh, I want to, I want to reach unchurched kids and you start sharing that prayer request. Then you start sharing your ideas and you start putting a team together and you don't say, will you lead it? Say, would you just be a part of praying with me? Because as people pray with you, their heart begins to change. Um, would you be willing to be on a team that, that, um, that, that does whatever you, maybe you decide, Hey, I, I want to try this backyard Bible blast thing. Then you start asking people, say, you know, I'm doing some research. I have this crazy idea. I don't know if that had anything to do with you, but just just to help me research, how would you feel about doing something? I'm not asking you, but but would you do you think a person like you would be receptive to opening their yard? Um, do you even think about your neighbors? Do you know your neighbors? And um, so you're not necessarily recruiting. You're you're learning information. You know, um, do you know anyone in the church that you know? Like, obviously, I'm a magician, so that was an easy. I'll just do the magic show myself. But you know, do we? Are there anyone in our church that does magic, or do we have any balloon people? Do we have? A, do you know? A, do you know a Christian clown? You know, and then you start going. Well, maybe the Fellowship of Christian Magicians has a chapter in my town, and I go to their meeting and say, "Man, I'm thinking of doing something next summer." You know, would one of you be willing to be the entertainment? But we'll take care of everything else. So you just start, but you but you do start forming a team, and you don't do it because if it's of God. And hear me, if it's of God, you will not do it alone. If you do it alone, it's of you. And that doesn't make it bad. You have a big heart and a great heart and you want to reach kids. But if it's a God thing, he will bring people along. Yeah. Um, and, and he'll surprise you because he'll bring people that are not already involved in the kids ministry. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're I absolutely lady, right. Yeah, I had a wealthy lady who heard about it and she came to me and said, Carl, you, you, you can use my F-450 in my horse trailer um, and we, and I would drive to her house, leave my car, get her big truck, which I was scared to drive. I'd hitch up her trailer. And then all summer we left our stuff in there and I would drive to her mansion, you know, at the end and park the truck in the trailer, lock it, get in my little Chevette and drive home. And, um, and I didn't even know her, you know, she wasn't a children's ministry volunteer. She did become one, uh, after that summer. Um, but yeah, it was just, a you talk it up. And your, your passion and excitement becomes contagious and people want to be a part of it. Come up with a cool name and a logo and wear the T-shirt, whatever. You just yeah. go, how do I get this idea out there? But, yeah, don't let it be daunting. Um, yeah. let, let it be let it be exciting and let and just say, God, if you want to do something big and crazy, I'm willing, you know, show me who to talk to. Show me, you know, give me the idea. Um, and I bet what you start with will not be what you end up doing. But God will transition it there. Yeah, I think I want to want to just put a bow on one of the things that that you said that I think is instructive for 
all of us in ministry, and that's the fact that when God really calls us to do something, he he obligates himself to give us what we need to get it done. And and that's just when I mean, we see that played out in Scripture time and time again. And even the stories of those who did feel alone, like in Elijah, yeah, you know, who, come, who comes to mind, I'm alone. And God all of a sudden just starts revealing the people that he's brought and supported, you know, around him there in, in First Kings. So um, our prayers are with you, you know, Rebecca. If, if it didn't feel daunting, it wouldn't require faith. Exactly. Well, it's you know, doing and, a God-sized thing. Yeah. But trusting God to make it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. Carl, thank you so much for taking time here over over uh, the last you know half hour, 40 minutes to talk to us about ways we can just be thinking outside of VBS so we can reach the people God's called us to. Again, folks, that many of you know uh, Carl and his ministry at Kidology, uh, but you can go uh, visit them. Please do. Carl posted uh, and talked about a number of links, but uh, go to Kidology.com. Dot org. Hit them up on Facebook as well uh, so you can just be continually connecting. And I know Carl is always having conversations about these topics in those different places. Thanks for joining us uh, during this time, and uh, we hope uh, to see you soon. Bye, Carl. All right. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this special edition of Kidman Talk with Matt Guevara. Hey, I hope to see you next year at CPC. 18. It will be a historic event. It will be my 50th consecutive CPC. That's right. I've been to every single one since 1994, all locations, even when they had three a year. And so I'm looking forward to kind of celebrating that milestone with you next year. Hey, remember, you can always reach out to me, Carl at KidmanTalk.com, on Twitter at Kidologist or KidmanTalk, or jump into our Facebook group. I love getting a chance to interact with you. And remember, you can shape the show with your questions and just letting me know the things you would love for me to share here on Kidman Talk. So until next time, this is Carl signing off.